Before we start today's podcast, the Truth About Aging wish to acknowledge that this episode has been recorded on the traditional lands of the Ghana people. We pay our deepest respects to Elders past, present and emerging. We acknowledge the Ghana people as the custodians of the Adelaide region and that their cultural and heritage beliefs are still as important to the living Ghana people today. everyone and welcome to the Truth About Aging podcast. I'm your host, Kate Helmore. Each week we'll be unpacking your questions about the aged care sector, discussing how to age well, grow old and make informed decisions. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. It is episode 19 And we're taking a little bit of a turn into some, I guess, somewhat legal matters in terms of advanced care planning, powers of attorney, wills, substitute decision makers. They're all probably possibly terms that you've heard thrown around. And I want to spend a couple of episodes unpacking what some of those are and what they could mean for you and your family. So today we're talking all about advanced care directives. So I'll start off with the best place to start because it does vary between states and territories. The best place to start is probably advancedcareplanning.org.au. So really, advanced care planning is the process of planning for your future health care. It determines what care you may or may not like to receive if you were ill, what wishes you might have around your death and dying where you might wish to live in the future, substitute decision makers you might wish to have appointed. It's really capturing all of your wishes and wants for if you are unable to communicate your preferences or decisions. So this is most commonly related to care at the end of your life, but advanced care planning can be completed by anyone over the age of 18. So whilst it's specifically relevant for seniors, I think anybody really could have an advanced care plan set up in place so that their wishes are clearly documented and in one easy location for people to be able to access if they need to. So advancedcareplanning.org.au, there is a specific tab on there called Create Your Plan that will step you through every state and territory and what that plan might look like. If technology and being on the computer is not your thing, you can also call them for advice on 1300 208 582. So the one I'll be talking about today is called an advanced care directive, and that is specifically the one that we use in South Australia. I appreciate that not everybody listening is from South Australia, but it'll give you a bit of an indication about what's included within these documents and what we can capture. So firstly, I just wanted to touch on why an advanced care directive or advanced care plan is important. So most importantly, it's a really clear, legally binding way of capturing your own wants and wishes. It can cover quite a bit and really the good ones are done in a way that really helps summarize you as a person and really gets to the core of what your values are and what's important to you. 
so that if there ever comes a time where you're not able to communicate that, people can use that document to enact that for you. Secondly, they are so incredibly helpful for the people that need to make decisions if you're unable to make them yourself. So often we see situations where family members or friends or people that are caring for someone might have differing opinions on what should happen for them. Something like an advanced care directive makes it very clear for them to understand what your wishes are and how to enact them. It takes away the guesswork. It helps resolve a lot of arguments, a lot of potential arguments, because when they're done well, they will very clearly step through what your wishes are so that anybody can then read that and interpret that in the same way. So importantly, advanced care plans or advanced care directives in South Australia only take effect when the individual has impaired decision-making capacity in relation to the decision. So this might be something temporary. So for example, an acute mental illness or fluctuating capacity due to dementia, or it might be something more permanent, like an advanced stage of an illness or an advanced stage of dementia. So as long as you are still able to communicate your wishes and you have capacity to make sound decisions, your word will overrule anything within any of these documents. They only come into play when you can no longer communicate your own wishes or you don't have capacity to do so. So a lot of the language in regards to when you do or don't have capacity is about when you're unable to understand the information given to you and the choices available, when you can't understand the consequences of having the health care or not having the health care, when you can't make a decision based on the information, when you can't retain the information even for a short period of time, and when you can't communicate the decision in some way, either verbally or with assistance. So these are some of the situations that an advanced care plan or advanced care directive would come into play and can therefore be used to follow through with your wishes. So as I said, each state and territory is set up slightly differently, but they do generally cover very similar topics. I'll run you through some of the specific questions within the South Australian advanced care directive form just to give you a better feel for it. So firstly, a lot of them will ask for a substitute decision maker. Now, a substitute decision maker can be anybody. It can be a family, a friend, your neighbor that's been caring for you. It can be anyone that is happy to also take on that role as substitute decision maker. And they do need to sign and legally, I guess, understand the responsibility of taking on that role as well. I do want a side note here. If someone does ask you to be a substitute decision maker, I strongly encourage you to take a little bit of time to reflect on whether you're willing to take on that role. It's something I've seen in my career a number of times where people will willingly take on the role of substitute decision maker without thinking too much about what that actually means. However, when they're put in the situation where they have to make decisions for their loved one, they suddenly find it a bit too overwhelming or they don't want to be put in that situation or they want somebody else to help them with that choice. And unfortunately, at that point, it can be really challenging. If they are the only decision maker listed, it can get very messy. (laughs) But so 
I think if somebody asks you to be one, it's worth taking a bit of time to consider, would I be comfortable making decisions on behalf of this individual? Do I feel comfortable with what's documented in their advanced care plan? And do I feel like I have enough information to be able to enact that? Do I feel that I know the individual well enough to really understand their values and what's important to them and to feel confident making decisions for them? They're all things worth reflecting on before agreeing to be someone's substitute decision maker. And I think it's worth saying there is no shame in putting your hand up and saying, actually, I don't feel comfortable doing this. I think we need to reconsider somebody else as a substitute decision maker. Also worth noting, you don't have to have anyone appointed. You can just have your advanced care directive or advanced care plan in place without someone as a substitute decision maker. However, it can be really helpful to have one in place. Worth also noting here that you can have more than one substitute decision maker. It's not uncommon for people that have two kids to have both kids down. And if there is more than one, it will normally specify the conditions of appointment. So do they need to make decisions together or separately? Is there one that needs to make a decision? Do they both need to be in agreement? What does that look like? So you can have more than one person appointed if you wish to. Next, the forms will generally go through your values and your wishes. So things like when decisions are being made for me, I want people to consider the following. Outcomes of care that I wish to avoid or what I don't want to happen to me. Healthcare that I prefer. Where I wish to live dying wishes. There's really a lot that can be captured in here. And as I touched on before, I think the best advanced care plans that I've seen are ones that go into a great deal of detail in here, really specifying things. And I've seen some beautiful ones around dying wishes in terms of, I want to have this record playing and I want to have someone come in and do my hair in the morning so that I've still got it done the way that I've always had it done. Or I want my nails to still be painted or I'd like to have this food made in the background so that I can still smell it and feel that experience as well. You can be as specific as you want in these. And to be honest, the clearer they are and the more detail there is, in some ways, the easier it can be for people to carry out because it really captures you and your wishes so that they can enact in that. Now, advanced care plans do need to be witnessed. So this is most commonly by someone like a justice of the peace, a lawyer, a public servant. Again, it will vary a little state to state, but it's worth having a look at who needs to sign that as a witness to put that into place. It's also then really important to make sure that you have a copy of it and that your substitute decision makers have a copy of it as well, and that it's somewhere that's easily accessible. Because it might be something that, say, there's something that happens, a medical event, and you're taken off to hospital, and you know your son knows exactly where it is, he can give it to the paramedics so that they have a copy of it to take with them. It's something that is really helpful for people in all professions to have an understanding of so that they can best enact your wishes. I think probably the main thing I want to say outside of anything is even if you don't feel that you're ready to put some of this down in writing, I really encourage you to start reflecting on what's important to you. What are your wishes? What do you want end of life care to look like for you? Who is someone that you might consider for a substitute decision maker? Firstly, reflecting on what your wishes are. 
Secondly, if you're still not feeling quite ready to complete the documentation, have a discussion with your family or friends or those people that you would consider for substitute decision makers. Have a chat with them about your wishes and what that might look like for you. And thirdly, if you're ready, it really is great to do something like an advanced care directive before things get crazy, before you're not able to make decisions and to do them when your health is good. There's really no better time than when you're well to formalize these things and put them in writing. You can also update them too. It's not one document for the rest of your life. You can update them over time. So if you're 50 years old and listening to this now, you might complete one now and then review it in 10 years time and update it again then. It's something that unfortunately not a lot of people put into place and often by the time it's needed it's too late to actually establish one so I really encourage you to start having a think about it have a talk with your family and if you're ready to put some of that down in writing and also if you have got it down in writing and you've done it before check it every year or so make sure it's still aligned to what you want to do and what your values are And make sure that you know where a copy of it is at all times because the important thing is making sure your substitute decision makers have a copy and that you also know where your copy is in case of an emergency too. If you have any questions regarding this information or this episode, please feel free to come talk to me either on Facebook at The Truth About Aging podcast or on Instagram at The Truth About Aging. I know this is a fairly... I don't want to say grim topic. It really does force you to reflect on what you want the end of your life to look like, which can be confronting for some people. But it is also such a crucial piece of making sure that your wishes are fulfilled right to the end and also supporting your family or friends or substitute decision makers to feel confident making those decisions for you. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your day, night, week, whenever you're listening to this and I will speak to you all again next week. Bye.